a good Monday morning to you, friends. I hope it is a good Monday. I hope, hope it's a good week. Uh, internationally, well, we're sanctioning Russian oligarchs up the wazoo, hoping it's a way to get Putin to stop his deadly attack on Ukraine. Uh, but look, this tactic depends on two questionable assumptions. First, that the United States and our allies can actually locate and tie up Russian oligarchic wealth. And second, that Russian oligarchs have enough power to stop Putin. Let's take them one at a time. Uh, first, can we locate and tie up the wealth of Russian oligarchs? Well, anecdotally, sanctions on the oligarchs appear to be working. But are the sanctions really biting? This is where a comparison of Russian oligarchs with American oligarchs is relevant. While Russian oligarchs, that is Russia's richest one one-hundredth of one percent, have hidden an estimated $200 billion offshore, that's over half their financial wealth. American oligarchs have hidden an estimated $1.2 trillion offshore. That's about 4% of their wealth, mostly in order to avoid taxation. While American oligarchs park their income and wealth in tax havens, such as the Cayman Islands, Russian oligarchs have hidden their most valuable assets in the United States and Europe. The reason they do so is telling. Western democracies follow the rule of law. Before governments can seize property, they must follow lengthy and elaborate legal processes. As a result, American and European governments are finding their hands tied in actually taking control of the assets of Russian oligarchs. American law makes it difficult even to discover what Russian oligarchs own in the United States because they've hidden their assets behind complex trusts and shell corporations. American laws governing taxes, corporations, transportation, and banking are wonderfully convenient for the world's oligarchs. One out of every six aircraft in the United States, for example, is registered through trusts, Delaware corporations, even post office box addresses, making it almost impossible to discover their true owners. Now, this isn't an argument against sanctioning Russian oligarchs. It's just that we need to be clear-eyed about how difficult it is to do so under the rule of law that distinguishes constitutional democracies from dictatorships. Secondly, do Russia's oligarchs have enough political clout in Russia to stop Putin's aggression, or perhaps even depose him? Well, again, the comparison with the United States is useful. Surely American oligarchs have enormous political clout. In the 2012 presidential election, that's the most recent for which we have detailed data on individual campaign contributions, the richest one one hundredth percent of Americans, that's the richest one percent of the richest one percent, accounted for 40 percent of all campaign contributions. What have American oligarchs got out of these campaign contributions? Well, they've got the lowest tax rates on ultra-high incomes in a generation, the lowest among all wealthy nations, and an IRS, so starved of resources, is barely able to enforce the law. Russian oligarchs, who have pledged loyalty to Putin, arguably have less political power in Russia. In Putin's Kremlin, power is now exercised by a narrow circle of officials and generals appointed by Putin, whom he has drawn largely from the former KGB. 
According to several Russian specialists I've spoken with, this circle has become very small in recent months, now numbering perhaps a half dozen. I think it's important to use whatever means at our disposal we have to make Vladimir Putin's life difficult, but we need to be realistic. It's proving difficult to use the leverage of sanctions on specific oligarchs to get Putin to stop his rampage in Ukraine. That's not to say we stop, but perhaps we need to be more ambitious. Perhaps, as my colleague Gabriel Zuckman has recommended, the United States and European Union should attempt to freeze all offshore holdings of Russian nationals in excess of $10 million. This would affect about 10 to 20,000 Russians who benefited the most from Putin's rule. Meanwhile, blanket sanctions against the Russian economy are having an effect. Over the past week, they've caused the ruble to collapse and decimated Russian markets. But the major burden has fallen on ordinary Russians, many of whom have already suffered from Putin's brutal regime. As we've seen in North Korea and Iran, dictatorships don't depend on popular approval. In fact, widespread hardship can lead to even more repression and violence. I think we've got to remind ourselves that Putin is not synonymous with the Russian people. In fact, xenophobia, of whatever form, has no place in the fight against vicious authoritarianism.